1: A grain of rice, a, a, a grain of rice, is going to tip the scale, just remember that lad. There's a small bit of a needle there. come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. For mission, what's the show? Mission, what's the show? Then we're no longer <laughs> the whipping boys
0: of Munster. Hi folks, how y'all doing in lockdown land out there? Uh, we're hoping uh, week on week we're, we're surviving away, all of us, and... Uh, we're keeping you going there for the bonds of an hour. Some days, um, with the old podcast here from the Irish Examiner. So today's guest, Sir Larry, is there in the background. his sound muted, but ready to bounce in at any stage from Tipperary land. Uh, Mark has joined us this week. We've given TJ the week off, and our special guest this week uh, is needs no great introduction. Only to call him the great Doctor Khan. Dr. Con Murphy, Con, how are you in these
2: difficult times for the nation? Finally, hard enough, Um so I retired on the 20th of December from general practice, having um, reached the age of 70. Uh, and suddenly I found myself missing my patients and then cocooning. Uh, and I was looking forward to staying with the teams doing the training and that. But I haven't that either. So... I feel a bit lost. My patients were transferred to my son, Colum. Some of them have suggested that I knew this was coming, but
1: that's- <laughs> uh, as normal, Doctor Khan, your timing is impeccable.
2: Yeah, so I get numbers. I don't have the matches back.
0: You're not. You're not a man, Khan. That strikes me. Maybe that would be an
2: avid gardener. No, no. I don't. <laughs> 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 who, who keeps the garden tidy, Khan? Oh, we have been in a fella for that. <laughs> Con,
0: you've you've been a great I obviously Mac would have had much more dealings with you over the years closely associated, but I mean it's it's very strange that I saw your article there from maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago now, where you, you, you kind of signposted more or less what John Horne said on the on the Sunday game, Sunday night that you know it's not looking overly promising
2: that we will have action this year I, I thought John Horne handled it very well I think your big problem is we're dealing with the unknown this is we've never been in this situation before and nobody wants to take a chance with anybody's life so uh, I, I don't see anyone rushing to have us playing
0: like is interest in Liam Sheedy was on about opening pitches last night and just following it on Twitter you'd kind of Michael Dignan saying well look this may be nice and Colin Collins said the same actually Colm declared football manager but Michael looking at it now I suppose from his county board hat as chairman said, like, it's hard on volunteers to be policing, yeah. social distancing and all that you know, yeah. on a regular
1: basis. All GA people, I suppose managers or players, actually want to get out there and they want to get back on the field. And So we've always put our own lives at risk every time we go out in the GA field. But the call here is a medical call, ultimately. And it's the medics of this country will decide what's the best thing for our players because, you know, even though all players want to get back on the field, the most important thing is health and safety. And you know, as John Horn said, if it was one person, it's one person too many. And you know, I suppose a month ago, I would have felt, Look, come here, you know, things aren't as bad, and we've flattened the curve and all that. But ultimately, there are lots of guys, players at the moment who are going back to their parents, and are still living at home with their parents, they might be elderly and stuff like that, and they're not going to take that chance, Anthony, of bringing back anything that they've picked up in the field and bringing it back into their own home, so you know, I think in seven or eight weeks' time, you know, if the the new case number goes down and starts to go away, you know, it gives the medics more ammunition, but Ultimately, this is out of... And like I can see where the players and the managements are coming from. They want to be back in the field, but this is bigger than that. Like. Yeah,
2: yeah. The thing I'd be very worried about is uh, the mental health of the players uh, because they're not used to this. And um, I see one article on the paper today now about one player struggling with his gambling addiction. Uh, you know, the, the boredom factor will creep in for players and, and um, they'd want to mind themselves Know that there are people there to talk to if they're in trouble.
0: That's the thing, Con. I think, you know, even the GPA could have a huge role to play in the next yeah. few months. They often, you know, get a bit of stick in, you know, I suppose maybe at times it's justified, but I think Jesus to be there for lads who we well, know. Yeah. Like, I mean, you've you've commented on Con, as well, maybe that one of the things you'd like to see change maybe in, 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 in your time and what you've witnessed over over forty more years would be the amount of time now that's
2: going into senior inter-county. Like, it's just, it's all consuming, isn't it? Absolutely. I I, I can't get over it. I mean, when I started off in 76, the training we did was minimal. We didn't really train for the league. We got together a few weeks before the championship. The championship was knocked out, so you could be gone after the first game. Um, so, fellas, we're, you know, we're not consumed by it then. But we're all about professional in nature, and um, you know the amount of time they give it. I think one thing that might come out of this is it might put a different perspective on the whole game. Fellas might see it could be doing more with their lives than just training.
0: Yeah, and I think that, that, that might have come from even the likes of ourselves. Kind uh, when we, you know, when I started my first year in the panel, Sean Hare was the manager. You know, and Sean would probably have followed on from the way he had seen things done in his own playing time and and on from that. And obviously, they are a the great team that came up against that first hurling team that you uh, took on. But, like, I couldn't believe I, I came on and, you know, even the club were very well organised around the time we were winning championships. And and um, that's another thing I have to pick up with you about getting the goal against our castle in 1970. But we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but but I, but I couldn't believe, really, the, um, that we were let back to the club, like, for maybe... Six weeks before we played Waterford, we'd been not, you know, we didn't qualify for anything in the league and we were just lobbed back to the club uh, for six weeks. And that wasn't too bad for our lads. And I was very young at the time, I, I was only a sub against Waterford in the championship. But like for some clubs, like I knew their preparation <laughs> wouldn't be hectic, you know, lads that weren't playing senior and that. And I suppose maybe like look Nan and maybe even Lingayner when he came, like he. So that there was none of that going back to your clubs for a set amount of time, and maybe that's where the likes of the Clares and the Offaly's and maybe you know counties got a chance to make a breakthrough because their preparation wasn't going like if the if all things stayed the same. Let me say to two good cockmen now and a tip man as well. Listen, uh, that it still would be cock tip and Kilkenny winning all the All Irelands. Now they'll still win the majority of them, but you know we we had to try and shake it up
2: or or we wouldn't compete. You're dead right there. I mean. When I started from 76 to 86, we won five All-Irelands. We competed in eight. Right? Why was that? You had an awful lot of players in car uh, who were playing with their clubs and came together for the county. No one was killing themselves. I mean, the, there was no such thing as gym work that time. you know? So, we were lucky to have an awful lot of natural players. But, what changed over the years, I would say you were one of the teams that started it, and which was totally fair. You brought the level of fitness to a higher level and started changing the goalposts for everyone. Do you think that's a fair comment? I
0: would say that, Con, yeah. yeah. Especially, I suppose, when it went on then, to, we we were still big day chokers, I would say. and You know, not to be talking on about Claire now, but... Yeah, look, now and brought that to a completely mad level altogether. Do you know, uh, in terms of running up hills and, uh, um, you know, we would have always felt we could hurl like that. You see, as you, but you said, like the Cork Senior Championship, I suppose early in those months, would we'll say April, Mays of those years, was savage competition compared to the Clare Senior hurling Championship.
2: Yes. And you would a big pick as well. So you would a big pick of fellas who were playing well. And that gave us... The advantage. I I read your article yesterday, and I agree with nearly all of what you said. Um, But the advantage we had at that time was the strong club structure that led into the championship.
0: It all started for you as a mascot.
2: In '56, <laughs> as I pointed out, then I'm back where I started. <laughs> no, I'd say if we
1: get them to, for the end of the year, somehow oh, you'll be far from a mascot. What do you think, Mark? <laughs> oh, he's he's a something to be like. When Con Con, um, Con I was, we call him by Dr. Con or um, the Doc or the Sixth Selector, really, like you know. So. <laughs> I, I think he's moved on from the mascot Bale, to the sixth selector and I think all through his career every selector or football always knew kind as of, the sixth selector
2: Would you accept that allegation Con? And For the last few years now my son Cullum is the real doctor with the team and I'm with him and Aidan Keller uh, another pal of mine does the football My problem arose when I couldn't get on the pitch I'll tell you a funny one we were above in Crow Park three or four years ago and I had to call the mobile stretcher for Kieran Joyce. He, he did his cruise he had, uh, And I had to get up on it to come off the pitch. <laughs> and as we were passing the Hogan stand, somebody roared out Did, did I call the ambulance for myself? <laughs> I knew uh, I knew then it was trying to be getting out
0: <laughs> well like certain lads from other counties had tried to remove you from the pitch over the years anyway like
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we might as well cut I, to the chase that was a great day ah. I, I was just down in Limerick Fergan McCormick went down injured and I was saying will I won't I will I won't I it was the far side of the pitch and somehow I said go over to him and by the time I got over he was open, ready, and gone. You, you and I exchanged words, and the care crossed out of that We're playing Kilkenny, two thousand and four, and Wayne Sherlock went down injured, and uh, I went into him. And uh, I think Jose Don was the ref. He came over. He said, "How is he?" I said, you got, Jesus, you got a bad belt there, on. I said, uh, come here. I said, you want to watch it? I said, the Sunday game. I'm going to go to town and you tonight. And instead of telling me to get lost, he says, why? I said, you're riding us. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it wasn't just medical advice. <laughs> to helped me. He came over and he said I me. We met a few months later at Shannon Airport with Some laugh over it. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, stop it That was always the way, which I'll give you that. There was never any grudges held, anyway. My recollection of that day, 98, I think it was, was uh, Maca- Fergal had gone down injured. And as I said, we had a bit of crack on Twitter about it. Like, my recollection of that was there wasn't much wrong with him, like, but the game was in the balance, and we were after getting a couple of scores, maybe. And Fergal, cute enough, got the helmet off and got down, like, and we had him, get up McCormack, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, get up, get up, get up, there's, not riff. there's nothing wrong with him. You know? and, and the next thing, anyway, we, we had shamed him into getting up when you arrived. And I just said, Jesus, here's more of it like tactics again, like between Cusack telling me about wet balls and fastballs. And I said, this is more, get off the field. I like, said, there's nothing wrong with him. <laughs> and then most of the poor old clear crowd wouldn't be able to afford the fancy tickets in the Mackey stand, so they'd be over the first sight you to walk over to them.
2: <laughs> That's right. I'll tell you an interesting thing about coming on the pitch. From 76 to 83, the first time I came on the pitch in Crow Park, we're talking about the, the semi final and final of the All Ireland. My first time coming on the pitch was in the 83 All Ireland final uh, against Kilkenny. Donald Grady got split. Can you believe that when you compare it to today? I mean, I think it's gone crazy today the way. People are running in and out and in and out. A lot of it is unnecessary.
1: Is, is part of it tactics, kind? do you think? Are, are you dealing with a different type of player now?
2: The minute a player goes down and no, out, they, they run straight in, which is wrong. I, 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 I'd never give it, unless unless there's quite obvious, a serious injury. It should be up to the referee to call you in.
1: Speaking about Twitter there, Khan, um I heard that you went, you went viral over the weekend on Twitter with a lot of photographs.
2: <laughs> I was asked. I regretted it afterwards. I was asked to, to put on seven photographs and I put on a national. But when we won the double in 1990, it was very hard to get the cups. My family were all young. But in April, I managed to get the two cups for a Saturday. So I asked all my friends around to the house to take photographs with this unique occasion. But Don Lennon, who's a great friend of mine, had won the AIL league with Carcan the week before, and he brought that cup over with him as well. And that time t- was the roll of film, so you were not click, click, click. So we lined up, and each family took turns to sit down with the three cups. But it never dawned on me to take the trophy cup out of my photograph. Well, you're, you're bang on there, Con, because I couldn't figure out what the other trophy was, to tell you the truth. I tell everyone, Dalo, who comes to the house, who points. what what's that? I tell them, it's the Eropters.
0: <laughs> uh, Con, obviously, you're, you're steeped. You've no other choice. Your father, Wish, 45, full back, and, and uh, on the Cork. Uh, millennium team and and everything like that. So, I was reading a couple of things just last night of the famous, you know, just incidents and bits bits and pieces about your dad. And there was a massive one about a, a home sixty two monster football final against Kerry that got very raucous and uh, uh, unseemly sort of incidents took place. And a, a, eventually, a friar I think got up on a wall in the old Athletic grounds and appealed for peace and your father and another board official. Got up to give a hand to try and cam it. Have you any recollection of that one? Sixty-two monster football final.
2: Oh, I was too young. I was too young for that. <laughs> he he played up to 1954. One of my earliest memories of of the big time was meeting Nicky Rackard in the old athletic grounds with my father. It was like meeting someone out of Hollywood. Huge man, good-looking man. Yeah. Uh, my father and Nicky were in the same class in, in Dublin, the veterinary college. And in fact, they marked each other in a railway cup football match. But uh, that was one of the things that stuck out in my mind growing up.
1: And, and your, your, when you were getting involved with CorkCon, uh, um, your dad, I'm sure, was county board chairman. And was there a bit of hassle with the Glen at the time?
2: My, my father my father was chairman from 56 to 66. Uh, and And he had or the and themselves rose over different things. So when I came in in 76, uh, I was in awe of Chris Earing. I mean, that time, most most teams didn't have a team doctor. Um, you know, sports injuries was not a science or anything like that. But how I got in was on uh, the Saturday night before Cocktail Tip, uh, I was at the dog track with JBM whom I was driving to the match the following day, who was a south, And Dennis Conroy came up and said, asked me, was I going? I said, I was. He said, Bertie Murphy has a broken small toe. Would you come up and inject it? I said, I will. As they say, the rest is history. So I went up and I sat beside Christy Ring and I sat beside him for all the matches. I was in awe of him. Uh, Some people... Like he got so excited during the matches he, was, he wasn't easy to sit beside I'll tell you that. but uh, it was fascinating to be to, to, to see him uh, he brought a huge amount to the setup up uh, in so far as he was, he was idolised and he didn't say much in the dressing room he always wore a silk and tie a short and tie Uh but he always stood at the door as we were leaving the dressing room saying we're from Cork. Right? And it was incredible. It was an incredible sight, really, to see him. I mean, no one else could do that. I mean,
1: yeah. And that was, that was him as a selector, Con. And tell me, Con, have you got a lot of memories of him as a player then?
2: I have. I, I, I saw him play with the Glen. Not so much with Cork. Uh, but I mainly saw him play with the Glen. I mean, he was a fantastic player. I grew up. I, I grew up, and all I, all I wanted to do was play with Cork. But I was about fourteen when I knew that I was if, that I got it badly wrong. <laughs> but, <laughs> it was a doctor when I sat beside Christy Ring, and I was looking at his his wrists. You wouldn't believe the size of them uh, compared to mine. Mine, mine. mine were like chicken legs. He was. Just naturally powerful uh, and had great presence.
0: One of the stories, kind that I, I know you said he didn't say too much in the dressing room, but um, I think it was Jimmy, Jimmy Barry, and Johnny Callanan. It happened to myself, I was with Johnny Callanan, and then we met Jimmy. I think oh, I don't know where it was, some racetrack somewhere as well, like that. And uh, you're saying about, you know, Claire really looked to have him on the rack in 78, the last year, the three in a row, uh, where the two point game was a 13 11 months of final death. I remember being at it now. Yeah. They brought me at home. I was only eight or nine, but, uh, um, like he said that day Christie kind of cut loose more at halftime in the dressing room than ever, and and Barry Murphy told how it had an awful effect on him, like the, just the absolute awe. But he wouldn't say much. But that day he sensed maybe this could be D day for Claire to make a break and 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 cut loose that extra bit, and that's what probably got him over the line. He felt on the day.
2: Oh, no doubt. I remember that day distinctly. And the, the thing that, that was driving me was that Justin was in charge of care. Yes,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I remember two things after, that us say, when we'd won three north so obviously we were going for four in a row. I met him on Chris New Year's Day out walking down Monksham. And uh, I said, what about next year, Christy? Uh, will there be any changes in the panel and uh, he famously said to me, "No, no," he said, "We we'll stick with what we have." And I was well, I'd walked away from him. He called after me, "Of course, unless we find better, <laughs> <laughs> we stick
0: with we have till we are better." disagree mm-hmm. I, I was often accused of being too loyal to players while I was a manager, and uh, that was always my attitude as well. Kind of, you were charged with putting out the best fifteen that was available to you, you know. And and I, try, any given year, we were there to try and win. Monster, maybe in all Ireland, if we were very lucky. But I think that was a statement I heard years ago, and it lived with me. You know, and unless there yeah. was someone better than Brian and when he was 34, Brian Law was still getting the number three off me if he was fit enough and wanted it enough. You know, so I think that was that's yeah. a great learning curve. I don't, I don't know if we're we're like we're not like soccer teams with academies and that that we can constantly be saying, you know, well he's too old now, just get rid of him, put in a young lad. You know, you're you're charged every year to do the best
2: you can. It's not a five-year plan. That'll be always my attitude. One of the saddest dressing rooms I was in was um, so we played Galway in the seventy-nine semi-final, and uh, John Horgan, who was captain, was split, and I was stitching him afterwards, and he was crying, and I was crying because, wasn't tw- that tw- we'd lost the four in a row, or uh, what we knew to the end of the line for the team? Yeah, I remember in two oh one, I was going back to being a sub
0: after starting as a sub in eighty nine, and. and uh, Tip beat us in a Titanic match down the park. Now Mickey went on to lead him to his managerial all Ireland and Jesus, there was a few controversial refereeing decisions. And I nearly got arrested after the match <laughs> trying to get in to the ref's dressing room. Oh, Jesus. I used to take things very serious, Campbell. Um I, I, like I just the sense in that dressing room and in Cork, we stayed in Cork that night, because of course, course knock out that time and just uh, you just had the feeling looking at the boys that was over. Now subsequently they went back and got to the final in 02 I wasn't there. Liam Doyle wasn't there. The Sparrow wasn't there. You know, but you just had that feeling that day. You know, it was the end of uh,
2: an era, I suppose. And that's,
0: that yeah. is a, a moment, I suppose, if you can tell. It's a, and it's you weren't going to
2: have the camaraderie of a room again with the same fellas, you know. So that yeah. team split up completely after '79. you
0: know, yeah. And Cork glulled a bit in for a year or two, like? With yeah,
2: '81. We we lost um, Limerick we would lost. Have seen early, were team nearly were We we lost one of those matches because Ray Cummins got sick the morning of the match, and he was a huge loss to us. Um, so eighty two, we got back to the All Ireland final against Kilkenny, um, that that was one of the poorest performances from a Cork in the final. They destroyed it destroyed us. Um, eighty three, we were near beating them, uh-huh. and eighty four, then we beat Athlone, Thurlis. Uh, as a concept, the All Ireland final and yeah. Torloughs didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, why, why is that, that kind? I, I, would,
0: I would. I was going to ask you about that. Was that was that not special, or you know, going back to Torloughs
2: uh, century? Yeah, yeah. it's special. It's special for well, the Munster final. that's traditional, but I mean, the All Ireland final is crap. Full stop. It, it didn't work right out anyway in '84. And we are lucky to win it because uh, it was our third final in a row but as a, an occasion it didn't click
0: yeah, well, that's spoken like uh, spoken like a true cockman there the occasion didn't click but you still won the All-Ireland like <laughs> well football obviously have played a massive role for you as well cock I suppose. Uh, with con which, with with like obviously your father was yeah, a football well, man really like
2: and and, I, and my club has always been UCC football whom I'm still involved with tell me about lees con just before we move on to ucc what what year did lees, lees fold up they folded up the year I went to college which is a pure coincidence they, they were a very old club back in the old days but in 1952 my father reformed them uh, and what they were they were they were a, club for people coming into Cork to work that time you couldn't get home uh, easily um, people worked a six-day week the former 52 and the one the seen county in 55 at that stage my father was full forward uh, the midfield was the Roscommon midfield and the VAR was from tip it was a team of blow-in. they had no locality no no community spirit They were just a bunch of fellas uh, and it just petered out eventually when transport became better, and people could go home there, there, there was no room for lease and uh, forth.
1: and you went at to ucc then, not kind of after that and you you 're still with UCC?
2: well I, I love UCC, but it's as a club it 's a much easier club to be a member of you know with no families just uh, someone fighting about who 's been picked uh, you know. Uh, you know the rows you have in clubs? with none done that.
1: Yeah, Was there a famous time, you, you'd be very friendly with Bas Keane in the day and Billy, Billy Morgan, I think was in charge of the team. a team. There's a great story once upon a time where Billy, I think, asked you to get Mass to speak to the, to the Sigerson team. Is that right?
2: Because I got Billy to the coach the, the, the college team over 10 years ago and he said to me, I want a celebrity to speak to the team at 12 o'clock in the River Lee to wish them well. I came back now for you you owe me this. So Wednesday at 12 o'clock, very difficult to get anyone. So I rang Moskeen. He gave me a great answer. He said, "You remember, we were at the same time in college. Can you imagine someone coming in from the 1928 to speak to it? <laughs> <laughs> was, he wasn't having any of it. I was making my way over to Billy and the team, and I said, oh, God, I'm my head blown off here now because I have no one. <laughs> I got out a load of blank piece of paper and I go for the attention of Billy Morgan. Dear Billy, sorry I can't be witchy today. I played with the UCC, Kerry, Munster, the Lions, but the highlight of my life was UCC, best of luck, Mosque. <laughs> over to the hotel. <laughs> and when I arrive over, Billy's reading it out to the team. On surgery paper. like. In, <laughs> a few weeks later, we're up in Dublin, we need mass. And Billy's thanking Moss for the letter. And Moss does nobody's <laughs> name. Brilliant. Moss was a great guy. I texted him after Tyrone beat Kerry in 2008. And I said, uh, I just said two words, very disappointing. And he immediately texted me back. There's only one S and disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, those was Kerry
0: football rub? I'd be good friends with Mick Galway now, similar type of character. Like you know, you you couldn't get the last word. Like you know, but uh, the one thing kind of always struck me is like, like the welcome for other players. Even though you're you're just so associated with Cork. I mean, even I, I remember I tell you, you, know, you probably don't remember my first time meeting meeting you. Know, I was sent down. I think it was 1991. I was out with a back injury, lower back, the usual thing, sciatica or whatever it was. And and uh, I I I was. Breaking the county board anyhow with uh physio fees and that time of course they'd throw you up on a table and put some machine on you with a an electric current going across your arse and stuff like you know, and <laughs> they'd go away again we'll see you next week and you can't train, so eventually anyway I think someone said Tillinghier or maybe it was Gerard, I'd said Gerald okay, I might have been with him the same year would send him down to Con Murphy there he says he's he's the man he's been through all this so the great Paddy Casey who was everything in the Clare County Board from treasurer to PRO to Underage secretary <laughs> drove me down anyway. Yeah. You threw me up on the table and anyway. you made me do a few stretches. And I think it was a Monday afternoon, and uh, you said, "When are you training again, Anthony?" And I said, "Well, there's there's training tomorrow night, Con, But I I haven't trained like in five weeks, you know." So you said, you might have a few problems with this later on in life. But my advice is just to go away training tomorrow night. <laughs> 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 I think I was just in the league match on Sunday, so I'll tell you there was a lot of it. Like is is you know what? And I didn't since have a hip operation, fee I'd give back five hip operations for what we won. <laughs> You're
2: talking about operations, Anthony. Say in my first ten years with Cork, seventy-six to eighty-six, had one cartilage operation. No, that wasn't down to me. That's just all we had. I mean, when I see the injuries today, it's it's frightening. On five All-Ireland's, and one operation. Amazing, isn't it? That's
0: absolutely amazing. But you did another famous cartilage. Uh, well, you got it organised, Con. Uh, our fellow guests here might be able to elaborate on, on how
1: it happened. Yeah, i never forget it. I suppose we are playing in the county quarter final against Newtown Chandram. We did McKilly. I don't know if you remember it, Con. On a Saturday Thank evening above in, above in Kilworth. Um, I rang you on the way home, fairly distressed, all right. And it was... Um, August Bank Holiday weekend, so I think everybody was gotten handlers. as you were down in Kerry at the time, Con. Um, I was
2: down to Dunlow. You arrived you right down in the morning, and I said, remember saying to you, if we don't get this done straight away, you won't play in the all Final. And all my orthopedic pals were missing, but I eventually found them Mr Michael Murphy. Fair play to operated operating the
1: following morning, didn't they? That's correct, on the ball. But it was the longest wait. I think I had about a two hour wait, I think, in the Dunlop, and I said to myself, You must have been doing some phone calls at that stage.
2: Yeah, I was sweating over it because I knew you, you were a ghost if you didn't get it done straight. I mean, Thursday wouldn't have done it at all had to be
0: done straight no.
1: away yeah. and Mark yeah. were you able to train
0: then like it was three weeks for the All-Ireland you, were you
1: so, able to train like? no what, what actually happened to be fair um, and Tomas Mulcahy would have been very much involved in it and Frank Murphy I went and stayed with Liam O'Reilly at the time who was a sports masseur and I suppose it's the first time I experienced a professional um, would say going to training as in getting up at half a seven in the morning um, masseuse um, gym work uh, weights cycling, swimming, proper diet, sleep during the day. I lost, actually, seven pounds in six days, Anthony. And I was fit enough, I suppose, when you come to that stage of the season, you'd be fit enough. And I can remember coming back training, I think, the Tuesday week before the All-Ireland final, or 10 or 12 days after the operation. Johnny Crowley came to me and said, Mark, said you're going to and I think He said, if you lose any more weight, he said, you'll be blown out of it against Kilkenny. So... I said, that was, that was a big thing for me, um, that I was given the opportunity to prove my fitness. And look, the doc was in the background all the time, monitoring things. But
2: That year, we played four championship matches, and we fielded the same team in the forum. But a week before the All-Ireland final, on the Sunday night, I went for a pint with JVM. What do you reckon? He says, what do you think? I said, you've brought in Alan Brown for Neil Ronan for every match. And he said, a blinder. I said, are you thinking of changing? I suppose i better, he says. So, by pure coincidence, the 1st fellow fill-in looking for me the following morning was Alan Brown. I couldn't keep my mouth shut. Alan, I shouldn't tell you this, but you're lining up. <laughs> so, I go down the park that night, gather around a circle, J.B. calls out to the, t- the team. No Alan Brown. <laughs> I up to JB. Hi, afternoon. He says, I'm superstitious. He says, why would I change? <laughs> uh,
1: what kind of reception did you get from Alan Brown?
2: he uh, nearly killed me. <laughs> but, but I remember we're, we're, we're up. Uh, and, uh, another funny thing happened at the 99 final. Uh, JB says to me, get something different for the dressing room, something we haven't done at all Check out there with your buddies the rugby. Players. Jimmy was a
0: good man to delegate uh, Doc wasn't
2: he? Well, he, was. <laughs> he was. So he he said to me, get me something. So Donald said, Do you know the way he throws the jerseys? Like Kitman puts in his hand, pulls out a jersey. Donald told me in that get someone to present the jerseys to the players at half an hour before the game. Jimmy called each fellow up individually to present them with his jersey. And everyone clapped. And by the time he finished, everyone was crying. It was the most emotional scene <laughs> you ever saw. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so
2: he says to me, what's your record? I said, we're out fucking geniuses. I said, oh, we're going to be glad for this. <laughs> <laughs> the, the,
0: the, res, the result on those things decide everything, doesn't it? It's yeah. Amazing, yeah. I remember watching that. I, I, I must have given I two good tickets. And I went up into the Canal Inn and got drenched. And was wondering... If we got another run at G after losing the Monster final G, uh, how would that have fit, played out? But anyway, what is is, and we weren't good enough to beat Kilkenny. But uh, yeah, it was it was a nice <laughs> one, and we and we got you we got you to welcome Liam McCarthy back to Leaside, Mark, fair play. We, we were delighted with that. Shannon up,
2: up the- McGrath I won't mind me telling this because he's heard it before. But I was standing on the sideline, and there's was fifteen minutes to go. I I said to Juby, "How long is left?" He said, 15 minutes." I I said to him, what do you think? He says, we're in trouble. I says, where do we go wrong?" He says, they're too young. What do you think? I said, "Jesus, if you don't take off and McGrath, we'll get killed. So he popped up the next three points. <laughs> 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 there you go. Han, you,
1: you mentioned Don Lenehan there. Uh, can, you, I, I know you're a long, long time. You're very, very friendly with Don. How, how did a friendship strike up, Can? Uh,
2: the makings of me with all those fellows was the Western Star. It right. was a pub I live across the road from it. Um, when I went to college, there was a thing called a bang. You know, rugby and soccer were out. So the UCC football club and hurling club used and drink in the Star, but I used. But I eventually got to football club into the Star. So every weekend and every so often. I used to be in there and I used to meet the rugby fellows. That's how I became friendly with the rugby fellows. It happened, I was a doctor then as well. So I started treating a lot and looking after them. And that's how the friendship built through the Western Star.
1: And don't, he'd be an avid Hullington football fan, wouldn't he? he be huge cocks of water in jail. He goes to all our matches. And we'd often meet He's on the, me. examiner on. the
0: examiner on a Monday morning. He'd, he'd, He'd have as much chat about the GA matches over the weekend as he would about the rugby matches. And, Con, I I have to ask you as the as the neutral man here um, between the two cockmen, um, the strikes. Now we have one of the six signatures to the proclamation of the first one here on the line, <laughs> Mister Landers. I think it was an East Cork strike, really. Like <laughs> you, to have you some East Cork. But but but, Con, you you manage to kind of remain. Uh, I wrote a bit about it because I, my first year managing Dublin was, I think it was the last one, was it? The 9 one. And it was, it was the one of the weirdest days I was ever at hurling match like with a crowd shouting for this team and other people hoping maybe the Dublin would win, you know. But you managed to kind of stay aloof of it, Con.
2: Yeah, it was a hugely stressful time in my life because I I, I, I was neither one thing nor the other. Uh, I remember Don Logue coming to me and he me above in the River Lee and he said if you come out in support of the players you'll unlock this and I said to him straight up I couldn't handle the stress of it 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 would ruin me I didn't sleep that night and about 3 o'clock in the morning my mobile went off don't know sorry for putting you on the spot you owe us nothing thanks for all you've done for us don't know which I really appreciate it was a horrible time. And it has left a sting still. Not bad No, We're gradually getting over But it it left a sting for a long time. It's it a civil war type situation, really. People think I'm going to write a book, but I'm not. Like, but I would have no intention of writing a book and detailing all that. Probably I would have destroyed life. It doesn't work that
1: <clears throat> I Anthony, it was it was a horrible time. Um I suppose. We definitely as a group of players were adamant that things needed to improve. Um we were very young at the time, very ambitious, and that team went on obviously to I wasn't involved afterwards, but the um the team went on to contest four months of finals and four all on finals so they proved their worth. But we felt, and I suppose now as we're, I'm mature now, I would look back in it and I would definitely be saying the leaders of our county board should have shown more leadership. And um, it shouldn't have been the young players that had to be driving the agenda. And I think there's a lesson in that for everybody, be it in business or be it in life or as a parent, you know, you have got to show leadership and you know, as Con mentioned earlier on about, you know, in the early 70s, why were Cock one of the best teams around? Because we were probably ahead of the game and we were, had higher standards. And this was a feeling within our group of players that the other counties had risen their standards and we weren't uh, rising our standards. And a part of that was lack of leadership within the county board and probably the fact that money was very tight in terms of getting anything done for the players, in terms of gym membership and um gear and all that kind of stuff and I suppose Cock wanted to do the forefront of that and that wasn't happening at, at the higher level and that was that was part of it I mean I have no regrets whatsoever I, yes there was a lot of arguments and I've fallen out with people since then haven't spoken which is which is the sad side of it now that is really really the sad side of it because I grew up with, with people in my own club or in my own division and depending on which side of the strike you were on you were going to the other side of the road was you know, civil war, as Con mentioned, and it was it was really, really hugely stressful and disappointing. And it should never have got to the, the the big thing is it should never have got to the point it got to. And that's where I think the lack of leadership for our from our elder statesmen within the county board at the time and the people that were advising them should have should have been I think more mature in my
2: opinion at the time. And that's the same thing. When, when I started out in '76, days, how we travel to the matches is by taxi. So uh, most of the players were from the city. So what what used to happen was there used to be two stretch limos outside the railway station. That's where the Cork players left from. Like you had a car coming from East Cork and you had a car coming from somewhere else. But the bulk of them missed down there and that's how we travel. Not by bus, stretch limo. And you know if we were going for a league match and tip the first car brought the fellas who wanted to come straight home. The second car brought the fellas who so were open tonight. <laughs> you ended up in some the Town If you went in the second car, <laughs> <laughs> if we were playing in Limerick, you ended up in Gold and some Mallow. Uh, and you know
0: what? We won a hearty cup back in 1987. We beat the in the semi-final. We hammered them. We beat Middleton well in the final. We went on and beat Kearns in the Ireland final, right, and Shannon Comprehensive won the B All-Ireland, and we had about five or six more guys uh, to add on then to those two squads, and we went down to play Cork in uh, Kilmallock, in Stephen Marsh, got a big good team in Broadford, in his minibus uh, packed in, and all these black taxis pulled up outside the, you know, the pavilion in Kilmallock, and... Jesus, straight away, it was intimidating. <laughs> you know, from a clear lad getting off the ball. All of a sudden, i beaten all these fellas in school's matches. But all of a sudden, then, this was Cork. And that lived with me for a long time, you know. That whole factor that it travelled that way. But obviously, there was other issues, as Mark can to in terms of preparation and that.
2: What changed it all then, right? right. We played Limerick in 1980 or eighty one, in the park. We missed before and in Parky Ring for the pre-match meal in Pokerun, right? It was a sweltering hot day. We all got into our cars and drove down to the park. Just chaotic. There was fellas both all over the road, drinking pints, hitting our cars, shouting at us Um, with no escort, nothing. Quite honestly, the team arrived in a desperate state to the match. We are late, and from then on, Cork got a bus everywhere. Yeah,
0: and that's right. It makes sense as well. It's fine It's fine heading out of the city up to Kemaloc, like, but yeah. when you're going into a bottleneck like Park of Eve, at times, like. And Con, you've remained such friends with so many fellas outside the county. Jesus, I was just, I was up doing a Vodafone ad the year I retired in 2002. Uh, Ashford was a few quid out of it at Vodafone. They were sponsoring the Clare team, but uh, I was up and put up in a hotel for two nights and it was shot below in Wicklow. And, uh, we were finished with the film and then anyway, on the Friday night. I think you were meeting Kerry and Cork might have met in the Ireland football semi final uh, that weekend in, in, in the year our beat Kerry in the final. And myself and a buddy of mine from, from the village, Gary Power, uh, we just said we'd meet up for a few pints anyway, Friday night. And I think you were outside Doheny and Nesbitt's lovely, warm Friday evening, I think it was, with uh, the great John O'Keefe and the great Jarrell Power. And you took us into our, your company for the for the evening, not the whole night. Now we were out the whole night, but Jesus, the the stories and and the crack and the bond.
2: We were up for the Aussie rules, actually. That's okay. what we're doing. I remember, I remember telling you the story. Do you remember the day in Turtles that you came out and you nearly blew me and JB into the stand? <laughs> I was you what to do, you know, and "We're in trouble here."
0: It was a classic Mark. It was '98. Sure. Cocker after yeah. hockey, does in, in the league semi final? Yeah, yeah and we all we all made a vow that no one would touch a point, like for the eight weeks. I think you know, and, right. and we and we stuck to them. But just that was tough going for likes of me, no eight weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, they they'd roped off uh, t- simple stadium. You know that you had to go around the rope. So I said to Fitzy, we'll jump the fucking rope." Now, it might have been a bigger challenge for Fitzy, as you can imagine, coming behind me, like, for right in front of me were Dr. Khan and and Jimmy. And I think Tom Cashman, Khan, if I'm right. And yeah. uh, I <laughs> came down the tunnel like uh, a ball of thunder uh, after listening to Luckland. And uh, I decided, like, straight out over the wire. And I said get the fuck out of my way I said, but I wasn't going I wasn't going hopping off three legends no but I, the boys kind of looked at me and I went past him and, and Con, as the story goes of looked at Jimmy and he said well, we're in trouble
1: here Jim yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, just a couple of questions there like you you have a massive relationship with a huge amount of farmer um, we say inter-county players outside of the county and I'm just I'm just going to mention a couple of who I've seen you in your company and being there Nikki English, I was at your retirement party recently. And there's two questions I wanted to ask you about your retirement. um you had you had visitors from Tipperary from the home of Holland for so dating recently.
2: Is that right? Well, I was very chuffed. Um Joe Hayes and Pat Fox arrived on the week I was retiring and Joe gave me his nineteen ninety one Monster Final tip jersey, which I thought was a nice touch, you know. Joe's a great character. First time Absolutely. first time I met him. Eighty-seven, we were down playing Killarney against Tip. Uh, a decision that cost us the match. We should have gone back to Turles, and we, we might have been better off. But Johnny Crowley got clattered at the end, not doctor. He ran into uh, one of the banners. I ran over, and I was bringing him along just behind the goal after. And Joe was there with his hand, and plaster. So he couldn't play he started squirting us with water. <laughs> I really became great friends with Joe afterwards. He's a, a gas man, but I was very chuffed at his presentation.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I was at your retirement um, due last year in um, in the in the City Hall, and Nicky English spoke fondly about you as well. You, you have a very long-standing relationship with Nicky. He's living in Dublin now. Yeah. He said you
2: were still course. his GP. When, when I was in college, I looked after him all the time. When he left college, he stayed in touch with me, and I've always looked after him. We're very close friends. Talked to him once a week.
1: Is it true that the Cannon, when when Cork used to play um, Tipperary, that the Canon always instructed the cornerbacks that they weren't supposed to touch Nicky?
2: <laughs> Not true at all. No, but <laughs> Nicky Nicky and the Cannon were very close. Nicky. Um, got to canon to marry
1: him actually. And and Con one person that, that I, I've um on the medical side, when you were a doctor obviously there was one man um that was there by your side and he really gets is, is Kid Cronin. For the people like there'd be a lot of people from Cork now um would have heard of the Kid Cronin. You would have walked beside him for years. He, he was was he the first masseur Cork ever had?
2: He was. I loved Kid. He was uh oh, the- Players were mad about him. He was such a nice man. Uh, I often roomed with him. Uh, and I wake up in the morning, you'd think it was an atom bomb after gone off. Smoke everywhere. He's smoke for Ireland. But he was great fun. We played derry in the All-Ireland Final, 92. And I was sitting beside him on the train going up, and we passed the cemetery a few miles outside Cork. And he said, someday he'll be up, and sure enough, by... We came back on, on to Cork on the Monday. There was a the reception in, in the brewery on the Tuesday. And during the reception, I was called out to certify the kid. He passed away. At the funeral, all the hurlers were coming up telling me we knew the footballers would kill him. <laughs> he was loved by everyone. In Cork, the footballers struggle for the affection of the public compared to the hurlers. Like, when I started off with Cork, I sat beside Ringy for three years at every match, because I was in awe of him, and I used to get I got great stories out of him. He used, he used to be so nervous before the matches started, to be talking more than he normally would, but every time I met Ringy, he'd say to me, Murphy, are you still with the footballers? And I'd say, um, and he'd shake his head. And
0: even on that, can I, I, I read that you know, a lot of the victories must have been massively special, and no, no doubt, Max won as well, you know, because it was nearly a kickback to the, the 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 Empire striking back, as in the Big Three in '99, Cork back and 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 that. Uh, but you said you're nearly as more pleasure, if not the most, out of the two ten football, like, and I can imagine. For me, looking from the outside, that would have been maybe like the likes of Canty and Anthony Lynch and all these fellas, um, who had who had suffered a fair bit, get getting their reward.
2: Yeah, the, the, the reason I, I picked them, and uh, I, 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 I normally wouldn't sort of show my hand like that, but <coughs> they, were a smashing, they were a smashing bunch of men who killed themselves training, who suffered humiliation and dopamine to carry. You know, we really suffered for years. Unlucky sometimes, but being fair and square other times. But and to eventually win, for me, was massive. And they deserved it. And that that's why I got such a kick out
0: of that. Yeah, that, that's massive. And Con, it's been an absolute pleasure. The weather looks good behind you anyway. I hope you have a, a lovely day and a, a lovely weekend. I didn't get around to asking you about that goal against Clare Castle, Con, in 1970
2: for UCC. Oh. I, th- I think Ray Cummins got the credit to he? <laughs> he did. <laughs> that, that was one of the saddest moments of my life. <laughs> my biggest achievement. We're lucky we didn't win because the team... We we had picked Phyllis up along the way in Mallow and places that were no more legal. <laughs> I, I remember the fellow was Mark and he was a referee. What Slattery was it? Mick Slattery, oh yeah, he
0: refereed he refereed the seventy three All Ireland final, Mick Slattery. Yeah. The one that Limerick beat Kilkenny. I was being forward on him. Oh yeah, Mick Slats is still going strong by a great character. He won't remember me, but I remember him. Yeah. Like it goes down in the annals of Clerk Castle, Jay. Like we hadn't won it since 49 until 70, and we didn't win it from 70 till 86. And we won a few after that. But uh, uh, the 70 boys would tell you, like, they beat this peak of all Ireland UCC team. Like, it was a lot of good
2: play.
0: I mean, Ray Cummins was playing that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the one that's trotted out straight away is should they Ray Cummins and all? Like. <laughs> <laughs> John Kelly, if Tip was from as well. Yeah, there would have been a good Kirk castle team that would have suffered to the great Newmarket and Fergus team of the time, you know, um, and, and they'd have been beaten by them a fair bit in finals. They lost a lot of finals, but anyway, Con, it's been a pleasure. We could, we could, uh, if we had a pint at all in front of the three of us <laughs> and Larry, I'd say because the last time I met you was we were down golfing in Cork, and we were yeah. supposed to go, we were supposed to go down to Monty from the River Lee Hotel. We'd all checked in after the golf, and we we're supposed to go down to Monty for grub. Um, in one of his places, and uh, you happen to be there with your your good buddy, Frank Lohan, another great college man, right. and uh, I think we all got to Monty's about three hours later anyway. Monty, a sandwich will do, as we said. We were with Dr Khan. Oh, Jesus, this is Khan again. He says he's, he's off and sabotaged the party coming this way to me.
2: So, <laughs> what a brilliant evening, and the boys, the
0: boys love meeting you as well.
2: Well, I well, thought was funny. A few fellas wanted to know where the River Lee was, and- was described as being oxidized. Awesome. by <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah where's the hotel you know where Dr Khan's place is
0: <laughs> hope to see uh, you before the year is old uh, hopefully Khan hopefully we, we get together the golf courses are open, so we might uh, do an apre golf somewhere along the way okay cheers, cheers day, lovely. fantastic Enjoy fantastic cheers, my
1: cheers
2: cheers
0: cheers
1: take care bye cheers.